0: Welcome to Heart to Bark, a podcast for people who love their animals and want to learn more about them. I'm your host, Dr. Mark. Come, sit, and stay tuned as we talk about the health and well-being of our furry, scaly, and even feathery friends. Hello, everyone. Dr. Mark here. We are back for another episode of Heart to Bark, this is a uh, this is a itchy subject matter that we're going to talk about today. Many of us have dealt with this in our pets at some point or another. We are going to talk about fleas, 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 fleas. So fleas are an external parasite. We see these very commonly in our pets, cats, dogs, uh, ferrets, any anything, wildlife as well. And so I want to. Spend a little time specifically talking about fleas. So, fleas are the most common external parasite that affects our pets. From all the parasites that we deal with, these guys are number one, and they can cause lots and lots of issues from a true flea allergy, where they're allergic to the flea saliva. We're going to go into that a little bit more, uh, but that's one of the three allergies that we deal with. Their uh, life cycle is very important, and the reason it's important is, is because that's going to help us at least explain why we do what we do to control these fleas, and I'll go through the life cycle in this podcast. I'm also going to go through environmental treatment. That is just as important as treating. The third part of the podcast I'm going to talk about is uh, treatment for your pet, And then I'll touch base, like I said, on the actual flea allergy. And so the flea life cycle. So when you have an animal with fleas, a pet, if you see one flea, you have 95 other forms of the flea life cycle in your environment. Only 5% of the flea life cycle is adult's. So adults make up about 5%. The next stage is uh, the eggs is about 50%. So about half of the flea life cycle is typically in the egg stage. 35% make up the larva stage. Then you have the pupa stage, which makes up 10%. And then the adult stage, like I said, is 5%. So, you know, 95% of the flea life cycle, you probably don't even see. Well, you don't because these things are pretty small. They're not microscopic, but they're almost there. And so going through this life cycle is going to be very important. So we kind of get this all the time. Well, I don't see any fleas or I only see one. Well, you have 95 of some sort of stage in your environment. And so basically what happens is the adult flea lays eggs on the hair coat of the pet And those eggs are actually designed to fall off the pet. And the important part to know about the eggs is they're actually resistant to our insecticides, but they actually are susceptible to insect growth regulators. So I would definitely write that down, insect growth regulators. What insect growth regulators do is they inhibit the eggs from hatching. so it basically stalls their life cycle there. they don't they don't progress to the larvae or the pupa and so when you have we'll talk about this when we do environmental control when you when you're trying to control the environment with uh, different things you want a compound insect growth regulator in your treatment. Then you move to the larva stage. Larva develop in the environment. So these guys are going to be in the carpet, in the yard, and they actually, their food is the adult flea feces, so the blood. So many times whenever you see little black dots, but you're not seeing fleas, you're actually seeing, we call it flea dirt. It's actually the blood and it's actually the adult flea's feces. That falls to the ground, just like the eggs do, and it's in your environment, and those larvae feed on that. And these guys are susceptible to our typical insecticides, and they're also susceptible to the IGRs, the insect growth regulator. So we can stall them as well at the larva stage. So what's ultimately going to happen is these guys are going to spin cocoons, usually in your carpet fibers, so in your house. And they're going to become pupa. And pupa is a very, very important stage of the flea life cycle. And the reason is, is pupa are resistant to freezing, desiccation, and insecticides. So they're, they're like, they have this barrier that is protecting those fleas. And even more interesting is the pupa can lie dormant for months, so they can just sit there and make it through winter storms and, you know, the summer heats. This is the most resistant stage of the flea life cycle. And so when we talk about fleas and, you know, it's like, oh, we didn't have a cold enough winter to freeze off the fleas. Well, you probably, even if you do, you might still see some when it warms up because if they're in the pupa stage, they may make it through that because they are resistant to freezing. And so what happens then is when there's vibration, that's when they expupate. So when they come out of their pupa is usually because of vibration, warming, and increased carbon dioxide. So that's what's going to make them come out of their Pupa stage, that's also important, and I'll talk about that in the environmental control. So, these fleas can come out of the pupa after they potentially been dormant for months, um, going through summers, winters. It doesn't matter, and they emerge as the adult. And these adult fleas can actually live for a few days if they have a suitable environment. They can live for a while. Uh, They do start to feed within hours of you know getting on your pet and the inlo- and the, the entire life cycle so from the, the laying of the egg to a new adult flea coming out of the pupa it can be as short as 16 days so you can imagine if you see fleas on your pet knowing that 95% of their life cycle is not the adult You can just kind of start multiplying that number out by how many fleas you're seeing. And the amount of flea eggs, flea larvae, flea pupa in your environment is large. So just to kind of put that in perspective, just think about that whenever you're uh, dealing with a flea population. And so what I want to mention here, and I'll, I'll repeat this again, is Because the life cycle is 16 days and you have fleas in these multiple different stages of their cycle, treating fleas can be very difficult and it's not going to happen with one treatment and it's not going to happen overnight. So you have to be familiar with the life cycle to understand what is happening with your treatment and control. So let's move into the environmental control. So like I said, understand this life cycle so that you know that 90 to 95% of the fleas are in the environment. So this makes the environment treatment extremely important. So fleas like to stay in moist, cool places. So under your trees, under the house, under porches, those are very important areas to concentrate on. They are the ones where the fleas are going to hang out. They're not really going to want to hang out in the sun. Um, eggs will dry out. They'll die in the sun. So, you know, that, that is a, a portion of the yard that you may not concentrate as hard on, but pupa can, you know, definitely be a little more resistant out there. But those are the, the stages that are pretty difficult to get to uh, with all of our different treatments. You want to use a product that is both an adulticide, so it's going to kill the adults and has this insect growth regulator. You want to stop the eggs and the larva from progressing to further development. So that's going to help quite a bit. I would talk to an exterminator and make sure that you get on a cycle. Most of these guys are doing every three months, every quarter, they're coming out and Just tell them, look, I want flea treatment and I want an insect growth regulator in this flea treatment so that you can get them under control and keep them under control. So that's outdoors. So then we're going to move inside. So inside the house, so if you have pets inside or, you know, especially animals that go inside and out, what you want to do is you want to sweep your floors two to three times a week and basically... Pick up the eggs and the flea dirt and anything that has fallen off your pet. You want to pick that up. If you have carpet, you want to vacuum two to three times a week. If it's a bag vacuum or a bagless, all of this waste that you are getting from sweeping or vacuuming, this is very important. The waste that you get, you need to dump it in a trash bag, seal it tight, and put it outside. Why do you need to do that? Because I mentioned pupa will expupate or come out of their pupa stage with vibration, heat, and carbon dioxide. The vacuum vibrates the carpet. The broom vibrates the the pupa when you sweep them. So you are stimulating those pupa to hatch. And if you put them in a trash can in the house, they're gonna jump right out of it before you take that trash out. So you have to do it immediately and get it to an outside trash can, seal it pretty tight, as tight as you can, so they can, those adults that are potentially coming out of the pupa will not get back in your house and then once again get back on your pet. So you have to do this every time. You can't do it, oh, I'm gonna sweep uh, three days this week and I'll, I'll take it out on Friday. No, you sweep, you vacuum, you pick it up, put it in a bag, you seal it, you take it outside to an outside trash can. Um, and so that is super important that you do that every time. So from the environmental standpoint, getting, uh, an exterminator, or if you're knowledgeable in insecticides and insect growth regulators, definitely follow the label instructions. And the frequency to get it under control, make sure you follow the proper protocols for safety uh, for your pets. Uh, Most of the time, you just need to let it dry. And then inside, sweep, vacuum, get it outside the house. Uh, Get that waste out ASAP. So that's pretty good on environmental. So now moving to your pet fleet control. There are several flea products out there now. And there's a new class of drugs that have come out there called isoxalines, And they have worked phenomenal for flea prevention. They're oral products. Typically, some of them are topical. They have topical components. I typically like to use the oral products. And the reason is, is I know the pet gets the full dose. So with topical, you have some issues with application. Maybe the dog has thick hair coat or cat. Maybe they have a skin disease, so a flea allergy or an allergy in general. It's not allowing that medicine to absorb properly. And so I really like to use the oral routes. And you say, well, what if my dog vomits it up? Well, if it vomits it up, then there's some nausea meds that we can use or we switch products if we need to. But work with your veterinarian on what product's going to work best for your situation. The biggest thing that I can tell you about animal flea control is you have to treat every pet in the house or you will never get your burden under control. So you, I'll even go as, so what you need to do is if you have cats, dogs, anything that can harbor fleas, They need to be on a prevention. You actually even need to control any stray or feral populations if you can. And many people don't think about this, but stray cats, stray dogs, squirrels, possums, rats, mice, raccoons, skunks, moles, gophers. I mean, the list goes on and on. You have to do the best you can to keep these guys at bay so that they don't bring the fleas in, drop the eggs off because they're designed to fall off the animal and they keep your environment contaminated in a sense. They keep the, the flea population going. And so I would strongly encourage you to try to treat any and every pet and try to figure out if there's any ways that you can get the stray or wild population that could be coming into your area. And so, you know, people always say, well, my dog's only indoors or, you know, for whatever reason that is, is still, you still want to have these guys on a flea prevention. And really this basically comes into play with these guys that have flea allergies because they're, they're truly allergic to the flea saliva. And so flea control is very, very important. And just one note on flea prevention in general, it takes about three to four months of environmental treatment and treatments on your pets to reduce your flea burden. So the importance of knowing that is, is that if it takes three to four months to reduce the flea population, you might still see fleas for that time frame, especially if your burden is really high. All of these flea products, typically they're monthly. There's a three-month one out there called Bravecto, which I really like because it it definitely um, gives the the long effects and you don't have to give a pill all the time. So especially if you have some that are nauseated, this is one that you could use. But when we had the monthly preventions, many owners would apply a product or give a product. And in a month, they're like, wow, I still see fleas. This one didn't work. Let me switch to the next one. And they give that one. And that's two months down the road. And it's like, wow, that one didn't work either. Let me go to the third one. So they try a third product. And they give that one. And at the end of that month, they're like, wow, the the fleas are going away. This product's great. The reason that is is because your flea burden is starting to drop. It's not because the other two products didn't work. So every flea company that's making flea prevention products, they always want to be that third product that owners try because that's always the one that quote unquote worked. But it's not that the others didn't work. It's that the flea burden was so high, it took three to four months for it to be reduced and the owner's visually saw the fleas go away after the third treatment. So that's another important point that you need to think about, especially if you have a high flea burden. If you walk in your house or you walk into a building or somewhere outside and fleas are jumping on you as a person, as a human, you have an extremely high burden of fleas. So if they're jumping on you as a human, because they actually prefer to be on the pet, but if they're jumping on you as a human, your flea burden is really high. You need to get aggressive with environmental and animal flea control. So just uh, just think about that. You probably even think back whenever you started a flea prevention and, and see if it took three to four months for it to finally go down. And uh, like I said, most uh, drug companies want to be that third product that you use because that's the one that everybody says seems to work. But in reality, they all worked. So. So now I'm going to move into flea allergy dermatitis. So this is one of the three allergies that we deal with when we are talking about allergies in dogs, flea, food, and environmental. And I have podcasts on this, and you can definitely go listen to those. I'm going to specifically talk about flea allergy. So flea allergy is really common. It's common in warmer areas, uh, you know, but saying that, we're seeing it, pretty much year round anyway, um, for the multiple reasons I just talked about. But what happens with flea allergy is fleas actually have saliva, if you can believe that. And the pet is allergic to the flea saliva. Knowing the flea size, knowing how much saliva would be there, it doesn't take much. One flea bite sets off a reaction, and then that saliva gets into the skin layers, the dog reacts or the cat, and they will scratch on their tail head, usually down their back legs, inner thighs, and they are intensely itchy. They may do uh, some chewing with their front teeth. It's very common with flea allergies, and they scratch with their back legs very commonly. I call it playing the banjo. These guys are extremely itchy and So we do give them things for relief, but it is imperative in these situations that you treat the environment and you treat every single pet in the household. And like we get this all the time. Well, my other pets aren't scratching. It doesn't matter. You're keeping fleas in the environment if you do not treat everybody. So you're treating the other ones for the benefit of the pet that has the flea allergy, And that's very, very important. You will never, that one will never have relief unless you treat them all. So just because an animal has fleas doesn't mean it has a flea allergy. You can line up 10 dogs. You can put a hundred fleas on each of them and all of them will sit there and do nothing. And if you have the one with a flea allergy, that little one is gonna go crazy, itching, scratching, biting, gnawing, chewing. And the other ones have fleas, but they don't have a flea allergy. So just because you have an animal that is not itching and not scratching doesn't mean they may not have fleas. They may just not have a flea allergy. They may just not be allergic to the flea saliva. And so I would be very, very uh, observant if you have a a pet with a flea allergy that you for sure treat everything in the household um, and try to control the wild and feral population and just try to really look at all your sources that could be bringing fleas into the environment. And so... I hope this podcast helps. Fleas are definitely itchy. They can be very, very uncomfortable for our pets. And it is something that if you have a pet with flea allergy, you can appreciate how uncomfortable these guys are. And so I hope this gives you some tips, some pointers, some things to think about when managing uh, fleas in the environment, in your home and on your pets. I hope you all have a great day. I hope you all are enjoying these podcasts. Uh, We'll catch up with you all next time. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this type of content, then hit that subscribe button for new episodes every week. For more information about this podcast or printable PDFs, visit our website at drmark.vet. That's D-R-M-A-R-K dot V-E-T. And feel free to email us about new topics to put on the show at info at drmark.vet. Also, check out our social outlets like Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to stay up to date with our activities. Thank you and have a great day.